Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Great Sports Debate. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, again this week. Uh, we're on a Sunday, which is actually probably quite good because there's a bit of Bathurst is on today. Uh, so Bathurst is happening as we speak. Um, as we speak, and there's a little bit else to talk about, but uh, uh, I'm just going to throw over to my good mate uh, over, in, over in New South Wales. They're dealing again with an Omicron cluster, um, which is not good news. Uh, g'day, mate. How are you? Karen? Oh, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. Just got a little bit of a headache, but nothing too much, nothing too much. How you been? Not too bad. It's pretty warm here in Perth at the moment. It's been warm for the last few days. It'll be warm again today. Um, yeah, we've we've certainly turned we've certainly turned into the summer weather. Uh, that's for sure and certain. Hey, Chance, you can send some of that sun over to us because apparently there's been nothing but it's been cloudy the past couple of days, and they've been predicting rain, but it's been on and off slightly. But um, I just kind of miss. I kind of just wish we had clear blue skies for most of for, for at least more than one or two days well it looks like you guys are in a what's called a uh, what do they call it a la nina or whatever it is oh yeah, that, thing, yeah which that means your side of the country is going to get a lot of rain our side of the country is not uh but hey yeah. you know what can um, we do i suspect we're heading for a warm christmas here in perth i've got a feeling where it's well and truly on the cards uh beginning of december and we're already seeing signs of it, so I get the feeling that's what will be happening. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you're with us and you're going to join us on Facebook today, uh, please feel free to ask questions, make comments um, on anything we talk about uh, throughout the program. Uh, also, congratulations and for us. We reached 500 subscribers on YouTube this week. Uh, we've actually gone past 500 subscribers, um, so that now is good news and we want to I thought, we already, did, I thought we already did that a couple of weeks ago uh we did that what, this, we... We did that this week uh and we're getting very very right. close so we just need a couple more subscribers on facebook and we have a thousand subscribe we have a thousand likes on facebook so just a couple more that takes us past the magical 1000 mark on facebook as well so hopefully we'll reach that in the next week or two as well um, I, ain't, I ain't doing. I ain't doing anything. If we get a thousand on either of them, I ain't doing. I ain't, I ain't doing anything. I mean, I know I promised I'd be singing a song if we got ourselves a hundred on Sport Rex, but um, now we're not on Sport Rex. I ain't, I ain't doing that there. Plus, I can't sing, so it's like I ain't well, doing the that. The good news, the good news about reaching these milestones is it does help us in terms of our promotional reach. It does help us with some things along the way. Uh, you will already noticed on our YouTube channel, we now have the ability. I now have the ability to put posts up and make. Uh, general social media yeah. so you'll see some of those things coming up in the feed on our youtube channel as well advertising different things that are happening uh, or different things that are coming up yes i actually forgot i actually i actually knew that i actually kind of thought i actually kind of forgot, keep forgetting to tell you because like um every time i'm run every time when we're talking i'm like going make sure to tell you make, make sure to say yeah you can do that there do that there and then and then I, and then every time when we do talk i'm like going shit i forget to tell him that Anyway, getting into the sport, and there's been a bit that's happened, and there's a bit that's happening. Bathurst is obviously on right now. It's funny, you know, we're not used to Bathurst in December. Uh, we're not used to being here. Um, 
at this time of the year. We're normally used to it being in between the AFL grand final and the start of the cricket, the real start of the cricket season. Uh, it wasn't this year for obviously for COVID reasons and it's been moved to December. Whether they leave it there, I don't know. Perhaps they should leave it there. Uh, it might give them a better chance of making sure that the weather is not as nasty as it can get up there on the mountain uh, in, in and around the September, October period where they normally have it. It's not really captured the imagination of everyone either. Uh, I've got to admit, normally this time it hasn't really this year. My new V8 supercars, or the, or the, forgot it was on. the cars haven't really captured the imagination. But anyway, uh, last update, and then this may have changed since I last uh, I last checked in. Uh, Chaz Mostert, who or, and his team. Who got on pole? They were lead. They were still leading the race, um, but it's early. Day. It was early days when I checked in, um, so oh. not sure where it is at this stage. But um, yes, the Bathurst One Thousand is underway. Uh, obviously, you know, a big race for car fans in in, in Australia. Yeah. There are three things about an Australian summer to which you've all to which you've got to know is the cricket. The tennis and the bathroom. <laughs> now it's now it now you can also now or now you could now argue the A League as well as also the NBL. But um, yeah, those three were the main three for quite some time. Um, just gonna, I'm just going to check in and see whether we've got a uh, a live update. Whether we can get a Bathurst update to see what's happening. See if there's any any news. Um, it looks like covering Chaz, it. It looks like Chaz Mostert's still out in front, but I'll just double check it. Who's covering it? Uh, um, I think it's Channel Seven that are still covering. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Chaz Mostert's still in front. <laughs> He still holds a five-second lead, uh, which is quite big up on the mountain over the rest of the uh, over the rest of the field. So uh, his he's still in his car is still in front. Uh, they're about five point five seconds in front, which is quite a significant lead at this stage of the race. Um, it is. Yeah. So um, we'll see how it goes. Of course, you know, it, it, you know, the days of it being. You know, household names. We all knew Peter Brock, the late great Peter Brock. We all knew um, uh, Alan Moffat. Um, yeah, and, and we all knew that rivalry, Brock Moffat. Um, you know, it was a bit before my time. I yeah, can't Brock remember was a rivalry, which was always important to it. Uh, Brock was always seen as the um, as as the white hat. Moffat was always seen as the black hat. <laughs> Um, Moffat was in the Fords, uh, Brock was in the Holdens, that was how it was seen. Ah, um, and you could have led with that, uh, that was how it was seen. And of course, Moffat happened, be, Moffat happened to come from Canada, but he spoke like an American, so they all assumed he was an American when he wasn't. Uh, the poor guy used to get labeled an American here in Australia. Um, but they both they both I mean, had successful Bathurst. Times, can we ask Dave? Can we ask Dave? Um, David Petrozello, does does that happen a lot? 
can do, can do. Dave has said that. Uh, but of course, Brocky holds the record. He's won the most, and I don't think anyone will ever quite will ever quite eclipse that. I don't think that will ever happen. Um, certainly not in our time uh, to win that many um, nine, ten in a row. It's it's it's, it's highly nine, ten wins. It's highly unlikely that's ever going to happen. Um, but anyway, so that's on at the moment. So we'll be interested to see how that all finish, all plays out today and goes. But it's been a bit flat this year with the Bathurst. Normally, as I say, people normally get excited around it. I don't think they have been as excited with this one as, as normal. Was it cancelled last year or something? Wasn't there something? Yeah, no, it wasn't cancelled. I think it went ahead, but it went ahead with no crowds. So this year it's going ahead, obviously, with crowds. Um, oh, that's right. Course, that's right. You know, you guys have been through a heck of a lot in New South Wales and you're going through it again uh, with Om- Omicron on the surface. Uh, Don't remind so, me. You know, uh, it's understandable that uh, perhaps it hasn't captured the public's imagination like it probably normally does. Um, but anyway, anyway, I'm sure we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a winner at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that's true. We will. And whoever that is... Uh, They'll be they'll be applauded, um, and they'll be spoken of in, in as much as possible. That's one thing to what I just got to say, and this is before you know. I don't want to get too much into this, but so we can move on and whatnot. But sporting in general, since since the NRL and AFL finals have just been flat. Like there hasn't been much build up, much promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you, I, I, you are right, Jim. You are right. Um, normally, we'd have a bit of te- we would have had a bit of cricket by test cricket by now. Um, we haven't really, mm. although that's allowed the women's women's cricket to shine, which is great. Yeah, it's that's true. So that shine through, but you'd also think that they would also try and promote it. Pretty, yeah, they, they could have done a bit better, better, particularly with the Indian Test series because that the Indian series because that was very good up on the on mm. the points. It was a very good series. And they could have done a bit better with their promotion of that, for sure and certain. Um, yeah, Stefan, uh, who will be hopefully will be joining us again a few more times, and then obviously will probably will be Kieran's co-host from next year, has just put in. Uh, forget about Dick Johnson and gentleman Jim Richards and that lap of the gods. I do remember one race when, <laughs> when Jim Richards. In the in the GTR, the Nissan GTR all-wheel drive in the pouring rain, and um, they got declared the winner after the car had crashed because it was taken back a lap, completed lap. They got declared the winner, and of course, the Australian crowd didn't really like that, and they were booing Jim Richards and Mark Scaife on the podium, and he stood up there and he, he referred to them all as a bunch of uh, a bunch. Yeah, of that's fun. true. That's true. So yeah, it, it has I, had its colour, it has had its life over the years, it's had its moment. Um, Brocky winning Brocky winning the last one that he won after the winners being declared illegal. Uh-huh. Oh, mind you, mind you, this was all a bit before my time. So I mean you with the snappers kind of uh wait. Wait, is that the right? Wait, is that the right word to say? Whip it. Anyway, you old, you old fellas, kind of are gonna, kind of gonna have to give me a history lesson. Well, look, Kieran, we remember we... Bathurst. We remember Bathurst as. as I'll tell you what. No, no, what I was going to say was, we should have, we should have a new show called History in Sport, where yeah, I'd, love everyone... to, I'd love to talk history in sport because there is a lot of, there's a lot of history, but 
a lot of Australians, a, a, lot of Australians of a lot of Australians that remember Bathurst, they just remember Bathurst. We don't remember Australian touring car championships and all that sort of stuff that was going on. We don't talk, you know, Bathurst was always the thing. Uh, as I say, it's a bit flat this year, but anyway, there you go. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up finishing up today and who wins it. Um, you know, um, NBL. Uh, the blitz is over, of course, but now we have the real season underway. Now the real deal gets underway. And, well, uh, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but it's reverted to reverted to form and reverted to type. Um, the Perth Wildcats came out of the blocks despite having an inconsistent preseason. Uh, but I knew that was going to be the case um, because... How did, how did Jack Jumpers go? Uh, Jack Jumpers had a great win in extra time, so they got away to a great start. Um, at the Kings. Morgan, Kings, I don't think, are playing this weekend. I think I'll play during the week. Um, okay. Their first game. Uh, but the Wildcats got away to a big win. They got away to a comfortable win for Scotty Morrison in his first game in charge, um, which is great. Um, and, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you know, they beat the Adelaide 36 and a lot of people, you know, a lot of Sixers fans were talking, 36 fans were talking, oh, you know, we won the Blitz, we're going to have a great year. Well, then, then that all come shattering back to, back to reality. And, and, and the fact is, is that during the Blitz, the Wildcats, the Kings, those sort of teams, they were experimenting. They were trialling. Uh, they were doing things. Um, the Melbourne, Melbourne United, the same. They were muck, they were mucking around with combinations. Now we get into the season. Now we're seeing it, and uh, it, yeah, it's- and that's kind of what you that's kind of what you do. I mean, that's kind of what you do in all forms of sport. You know, I mean, even come trials and even come the first few weeks of the season. You know, I mean, you want to. I mean, obviously, you want to get off to a good start, but I mean, pre-season and even the first few weeks, it's potentially not really going to affect the back end of the season. I mean, so you can really sort of um, try a few new combinations, you know, and see if it works there, see if it works here or there um, while everyone's a little bit rusty and then, you know, um, put it in, uh, put it away and then, you know, work on it throughout the season. And then when it comes to the big, to the big moments towards the back end of the season, you know, you can um, sort of, excuse me you can you know throw you know you can throw it out there i mean just you know i mean like just take a look at afl for for example you know you could throw a backman in the in the preseason game you can in the preseason games you can throw him up forward and then you know you know then throw you know and then throw him back and then potentially you know throw him forward for a few games and then use them come finals up forward so you know, i think the scary thing i think the scary thing for, for people who who watch it is that the Perth Wildcats won one and one by a comfortable margin undermanned. They didn't have everybody available. Um, so they still didn't have everybody available. Uh, Melbourne United, similar, um, probably did it without everybody. Um, that always gets, that's always a bit of a worry early on when those teams are able to come out and win when they're not at their at their strength. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't think the opposite, to be honest. I actually think, I mean, what, I mean, as a Wildcats fan or as a... Uh, well, as or a Wildcats as, fan, as you know, you're, pleased, you're pleasing to know. 
it's from a from a fan's point of view, it's pleasing to know that they can win without everybody um, this time around. So we'll of, see how it goes. Honestly, to be honest, this might just sound a little bit me, but I mean, if you're winning and if you are under man, that there is good. But you, but uh, remember Richmond back in 2018, how they just came off the parks and they just blitzed it. That's, I mean, I know two different sports, but I'm just sort of saying like when you start off strong and when you start blitzing. One of the things you got, one of the things you got to think about with basketball is, is that, you know, early on in the season, if you've got injuries and they're under man, this is when you want to have those injuries because later in the year, you don't want to have them. So we'll see how the season plays out. It's the first round. It's the first week of fixtures. Uh, There's a long way to go, but I think you're looking at it so far. I, I, I can see you, your, your traditional teams emerging yet again, uh, who are normally in and around the pace, um, will be there again. But we'll see what happens uh, as it wears on. Uh, well, extraordinary events in India. In India, um, only the third time in history that this has been done. Uh, Ajaz Patel uh, took ten wickets in innings for New Zealand. He's betted. The previous best by New Zealander is Sir Richard Hadley, um, and he's joined only uh, gentleman Jim Laker and Anil Kumble as the only two other bowlers that have ever taken ten wickets in innings. Strangely enough, all three of them are spinners. <laughs> all three of them are spinners. Um, of course, there's a there's a there's course added to that. <laughs> of course, there is a there is a. Uh, and added, yeah, well, you could call it a, an encore to that. New Zealand got bowled out for 62. So, yeah, yeah that's the encore India to that. Apparently India 69, so. <laughs> and, and they lead by, what, 300 and something yeah. runs? But I only made about 300 I mean, in the first innings anyway. Um, so it looks like yeah. it's probably a spin of wicket in the first place. Uh, but good on him. Good on him for taking the team. What he does in the second innings is the big thing. If he can, if he can repeat it, which is highly unlikely, but if he could repeat it and take, take another twenty test, wickets in a test match, he would be the first bowler in history to take twenty wickets in a test match. He would surpass the previous best, which is held by gentleman Jim Laker, nineteen wickets. Wasn't it? Nineteen? Uh, yeah, I was going to say nineteen wickets. Nineteen wickets. But... You have to be a bugger, wouldn't you, to think oh, I've got nineteen wickets? Someone else managed to get the other one that. To... Oh, could you could you imagine it? Oh no, 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 no! You would be fine if it was the first wicket, like if the ninth, like like if you, someone took the first wicket and then you took the rest of the nineteen. But you'd be bloody pretty annoyed if it was the last wicket and it was absolutely plum LBW and the umpire gave it out and you were and 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 the bowler was the only one appealing and no one else was. Uh, that would, that would. First time in the first innings as well, which is correct. Both Laker and uh, Kumble took their 10 for in the second innings. Um, so this is the first time it's occurred in the first innings of a game. Um, the interesting point is, does he get, assuming the game goes on as planned, does he get man of the match in a losing side? No. Honest opinion, No. Because I'll say this now. I mean, look, sorry, Stefan. I've got to say this now. Maya Agarwal, he got 150 in the first innings as well. That there is a, that there is a really good effort. 
Um, and that they really set the platform, to be honest, I think, for India to, you know, I mean, sure, I mean, Axel, I mean, not Axel, I was, I'm sure, um, um, I, I can't even pronounce his last name. I mean, I mean not, his, not his last name, his first name, um, as, um, Ajara or Azar? Ajaz, Ajaz, I think he's... Yeah. Ajaz Patel, I mean, um, as much as um, Ajaz Patel, you know, bowled and took the 10 wickets, you know, I mean, my Nagawal, um, my you know, um, set, the, um, set the scene. Um, but, but I will say this now. Yes, it is another spinner, but I will say this now. If you're a lefty, if you are a team travelling to India, you've got to take a left arm spinner. You've got to take a you've got to take a left arm spinner because earlier this year when I saw the Indian England series, <clears throat> um, Ravi Ashwin did rip through the lineup, but there was another bowler, um, Axar Patel. Oh, yes, Axar Patel. Um, he he was the left armer and he ripped through England. He was, I mean, Ashwin, you know, took his wickets and whatnot, but Patel was the one as well as another, uh, you know, he was the one that was helping Ashwin as well take, take the wicket. So I think that if you're going to India, if you're looking at it, you go, okay, then Patel, um, Axar Patel, sorry. If you look at it and you go, okay, then Axar Patel at the start of the year, um, Ajaz Patel for New Zealand uh, this year, now, you're probably thinking, okay, then, okay, then. When we go to India, we're picking a left armour. We're, we're picking a left arm spinner like yeah. that. That there to that there to me is what I now think you've got to do now. Um, um, when when you're playing against India, um, as for the as for the um, as for the test matches, I mean, look, I mean, how you how, I mean, you could you, you could argue India are, are one down because um, Shudman Gill, um, we don't know if he's going to be coming back or not because um, he he is injured, so. You could argue that um, uh, Shudman Gill, if he doesn't come back um, or if he's not required, but it really does. I can also, you know, I mean, like, so, I mean, you could argue that maybe nine wickets, they could potentially um, help out, but I don't know. But I just sort of feel that India is also, uh, India is in a winnable position, Part of me also sort of feels why didn't they enforce the follow-on? And I'm just reading, and I'm just reading um, Stefan's comments. If um, Ajaz gets a fifer in the second innings, then he should be considered for man of the match. Uh, look, Stefan. Look, I actually kind of think, to be honest, a man of the match in a, in a losing side is actually a good thing. But uh, I just look at it and I go, his his batters didn't. His batters didn't help him, didn't give him any help. You know, India got bowled out for 62 and India went on and got, what did they end up getting in the first innings? 320. What did they end up getting? 320 something. I mean, 320 something. And mine, Agarwal scored 150 of those runs. So, I mean, like, as much as I would love for him to, uh, as much as I would love for him, I would just sort of think that, you know, if mine, Agarwal gets, say, a 50 or if he gets some more runs in this innings as well, I'd be more inclined to give it to him because of the, because he set the platform and, and that, and that there to me is, you know, cause I got, was like, I'm pro bowler. I'm, 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 I'm pro bowler. And I know that Stefan is saying that it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but 
it's a team, but it's a team sport. It's a team sort of, it's a team sort of thing there, you know, like you got to look at it like this here. The batters set the platform with the bat in order for them to get the total. The bowlers get the wickets, you know. I mean, I mean, if India lose, I mean, look, if New Zealand go on and, I mean, if India go on and let's say they get a lead of, I don't know, 400 or 500 and India and, and New Zealand get bowled out again for, say, under 100. Not going to happen, or it might, who knows. And, you know, and India win by over 300 runs. Should that there, let me ask Stefan this here, should that there be inclined to give him the man of the match, even though that the team lost by over 300 runs? That's sort of what I'm just sort of looking at. I'm, yeah, I, I'm yeah, just yeah, sort of saying. You've got a point. You, 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 your points are valid. Um, look, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not sure, I can't be certain of this, but the best an Australian has ever done was Bob Massey. He took 16 wickets in a match. He did that at Lords in mm-hmm. 1970. Yeah. Now, I would have to, I have to be corrected on this. I cannot be certain of it, but I'm pretty certain Bob Massey wasn't named man of the match. Uh, despite the fact that he did that. And the reason I'm, I, I know that is because I've got a feeling that Greg Chappell, well, Greg Chappell did. He made 100 in that game. And I've got a feeling that Greg Chappell was named that match uh, because that was his first 100 at Lords. He was given, the, given it. So it's not always the case. You go back to that exciting Ashes series of 1981, when Ian Botham did that miracle 100, made that miracle 150 odd when England were made to follow on at a heading. And then Bob Willis came out and took about eight, took eight, took eight Australian wickets in the second innings. The man of the match that was declared the man of the match on that occasion was Ian Botham, not Bob Willis. The next game, oh, yeah. the bowler did get the man of the match, but it was because it was Botham who took five wickets in. Mm no time to win the game. So I think it de- I think in the reasoning is that it depends on how the team wins for a man of the match to be decided. I think if a team like take take this incident with India. If India win let's say by 300 plus runs and if Axab and I mean no not Axab if Ajaz Patel takes 20 wickets in the test match but India still win by 300 runs as much as I would love Ajaz to get man in the match, he can't because it it, it, it just it, I just I just couldn't see, it just wouldn't sit right with me. It just would uh, nothing no, nothing against the bowler, but I mean, but if but if nothing against the bowler, but it's just that it's the way on how the team wins. If India, I mean, if that if New Zealand ended up losing by fifty runs, and Ajaz Patel gets man in the match, I'd be fine with that. But but I'm just but I'm just sort of saying it's the way that our teams win that I think that teams should should get man in the match and I think uh, and and I'm and I'm just sort of reading Stephens here based on individual performances you can't say getting something um, at that level is not um, at the level but is usually based on winning games and the basis of and the basis of batting look I mean look Stephen does have a point there with that but I just sort of think that. Uh, if India do lose, I mean, if India do win by three hundred plus runs, should that be the man? Should that be the man of the match? Because for me, the man of the match should be someone who takes the who 
takes the game on and puts and puts in a performance to win his game, the team. I mean, Ben Stokes at um, in the Headingley Test match, I believe, wasn't he man of the match in that um, in that amazing? Yeah, correct, in correct. That, so, so that's sort of what I'm sort of saying is that that, that that's the kind of thing that what I'm sort of saying should I believe be the man of the match is is how the team wins and the performance that gets them that win, not based on the performance. I mean, like I mean, like for instance, uh, say in hockey, your sport. One of your main players, one of your main goal scorers scores 10 goals in a game and yet they lose 10 and yet they lose 10, 11. And yet someone who sets up seven of the opposition goals sets them up, but doesn't score, but was the main playmaker. Should they get man in the match or should the person that scored the most goals? Well, that's it. You know, it's a, it's a difficult thing. Mind you, you're talking about, you're talking about a couple of sports there that are slightly uh, yeah, I know that, but I'm just, I'm just, how they go about I know. It. I was just actually having a look back to see, try and see if Jim Laker, uh, when he did what he did, actually ended up getting man of the match. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I will say this, but I will, but I will just quickly just say this here, going off what Stefan said. If it's, if it's always based off individual performances, then basically what you'll be doing is you'll be looking at it from this here. You'll be going, okay, then let's add up all the bowlers' figures. Let's add up all the batters' figures. Let's add them up. Let's let's add them all up. And then whoever's got the best one, uh, whoever's took the most wickets gets man in the match, and whoever gets the most runs gets man in the match, and it doesn't really matter who. That's what you'd be doing. Well, we, we don't want to sit and have a huge debate over who. Who gets it? Um, it was a remarkable achievement for him to get the ten wins. You think maybe we can maybe maybe, maybe we can send this to Stefan and get send the link to Stefan and get him just to join in because because he look congratulate <laughs> look we congratulate him on, congratulate look to be honest look, to be honest taking ten wickets in a match to be honest taking ten wickets in a match that there is unheard of innings. Ten wickets, ten wickets in innings is rare. Oh, in, yes. Sorry, but ten wickets in an innings—that is unheard of. Only two other batters, two other two other bowlers have done that before. He is in now in high pristine. He is in high pristine territory. That is something there to which he can never take from, to which no one can take from him. If he takes another ten wickets, he can, he'll be the first bowler in history to ever take twenty wickets in a Test match. Something to which no one can ever take from him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for man in the match, it shouldn't just be based on individual performance. Of course, you know, because in New Zealand scored as low as they did in the first innings, the likelihood would have been being able to be in a position to get all 10 second time round. Yeah. Because India are probably not going to bat, are probably not going to bat terribly deep second time round. No, I don't, yeah, that's true. I think, stage anyway. I, think I, I think what I'd be doing if I was India, what day is this? Oh, what day sure. is it in the test? I think it's. Only, I think they're only about third day. See what I'd be doing if I was India, and this is just me thinking, you know, crackpot theory here. But I'd be batting until what they. I mean, like, um, what's the lead now? What's the lead now by India? Um, I can confirm that. Um, I'll go in and check it. I'll be able Thank to you. India now lead by 332 runs with 10 wickets in hand. Three, uh, 332, you say? Yeah. Yeah, you see, bat to lunch, bat to lunch, get above 400, then you then bat until, then, then you bat a little bit after lunch, 
um, get them just just to get them out there, get them, you know, but you could either do it one of two ways, but as long as you, but as long as it possibly can to just wear them out for the next test match, to wear them out for the next test match so they don't play or get it or just about as long as you can. So um, they, so they're out there in that blazing heat for that long um, in, in there, or you just, you know, cause you've still got what day three, day four, and then you've then got the day five. So you can bat all day, but you know, if they want to get this test match done quickly, bat until the first session, bat for an hour after, maybe closer to T and then declare and then, you know, try and get early wickets in that second mm-hmm. and third session. Yeah, and maybe so wrap this yeah, up. That's the thing. Whether he, he even gets to a position where he can do that is is remote. So you've got to remember that Jim Laker, when Jim Laker got his 19, he didn't get he didn't get 10 in the first dig. He got he only got nine in the first dig. And I think Australia batted pretty well um, second time around. That was why mm. uh, there was a follow-on arrangement. There was a follow-on there, oh. by the way. So <laughs> I tell you what would be absolutely this if Ajaz Patel rips through, gets nine more wickets, and then when it gets to the ninth wicket and before the before the tenth bowler comes, before the tenth batsman comes out, Virat Kohli says, No, 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 we're gonna declare. Well, that that's happened before. As a ca- as a ca- as a captain, look, as a former captain, I mean, look, uh, I wouldn't condone that, but I mean, I would, I'd be, I'd be inclined to do that. Well, that has happened before, and the reason it happened was back in, it happened when Mark Taylor got to three hundred and thirty-four. He drew level with Sir Donald Bradman, and he made the decision to declare overnight because he wanted to, he didn't want to, he didn't want to pass. Sir Donald Bradman, he made the choice. He didn't want to pass him. Uh, he felt that that was the right thing to do uh, at the time, um, which is fair enough. So, you know, look, it's a record. 19 wickets in a test match is a record that stood the test of time. Uh, only two other bowlers have got 10 in an innings. Um, uh, look, I think... Sorry, would that... Oh, that I would suspect here. <laughs> Look, I think the odds are. I think the odds of the reality are that he may get some wickets in the second dig. That's a very good possibility, mind you. You look at history; um, that doesn't always happen either. Uh, Glenn McGrath took eight at Lords in one innings and then didn't take anything in the second innings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, if he does, he'll certainly. If he look, he. I, I will say this: he's got to get six. If he can get six wickets in the second innings, he'll draw level with Bob Massey, um, and that'll be an achievement in itself. Um, but I will. Say, but I will say. But I will say this now. I mean, left arm is over there in India. If you, I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna play against India, if you wanna win against India, you take a left armer. Yep. That's fair enough. Anyway, yeah, we'll see you what happens. A, you so take a left arm. But but yeah. Put it this way. So congratulations. The match. But, yeah. The match is in. Oh, sorry. Mm, it is. But in all but in all fairness, AJS Patel, congratulations. And you want to actually know something? 10 for, what was it, 119, was it? Yeah. He's got, he's got a bowling average for that innings of under 12. Yeah. Uh, mind you, he doesn't have the best figures of the tenth. The other two have got that. Um, yeah. But who cares? He's got the tenth. Who cares? Um, who cares? He's got tenth. Yeah, he's got tenth. It doesn't really matter. Mind you, Jim Lake has got the best figures. He took ten for about 
50 odd. I think it was 10 for 57 in the second deep. Um, you know, um, but, you know, uh, the, the game, as they refer to, as Lakers match. Um, I will, but, but I will just say this here now, just quickly, before we just quickly move on. I do agree with Stefan in a, I mean, like, I, because as I said, they might aggro well. I, thought, I think it's a little bit easier for batters to get man of the match than bowlers. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you go back to Massey's test when he took 16 wickets at Lords in 1972. The best that's ever been done by an Australian in a test match. The man of the match went to Greg Chappell. Pretty sure of it. The man of the match went to Greg Chappell. So, you know, um, yeah. it does happen. Yeah, that is that that there is true. But I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I just think that it's it's just yeah. I think it's for me to pick a man of the match. It's how the the teams win and based it goes, on that. Often it will go. Often it will go. That's just me. Often it will go to a performance that wins the game. Yes, that performance happens to come late in the game, like both of us did in '81. And there's been others like that. Mm. That's who gets it because they often win the match um, at their moment. You know, you go back to uh, I can't remember who got man of the match in the amazing Adelaide performance. It might have been Shane Warne, and he got it because of that second innings performance when he he basically. I think it. I think it was. I think yeah, it might have been. Got, Hold on. He got it because of what he did to England in that second innings. Yeah, or the Mitchell Johnson in, um, I think it was the Melbourne, the, was it the MCG it. test match? Bowlers do get it, but they normally get it if they win a match. Yeah. At the right, mm. right at the end. Because it's normally the thing that is burned in the minds. Uh, whereas uh, it's not always the case in other situations. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Anyway, Congratulations. Let's move on. It looks like, yep. right, it looks like, you know, it's an interesting test match in itself. Um, it is an interesting yeah, test match, to be honest. Match, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, AFL and AFLW have released their fixtures this week. Uh, AFL, I want to talk AFLW first because they released their fixtures. Traditionally in the past, their first match has been at Princess Park or Icon Park or whatever they want to call that thing these days. But this time around, their first match is between St Kilda and Richmond. At Frankston Oval in Frankston. Now, the reason for this is that Frankston Oval has very good lights and it does excellent lights. I've, I've been to Frankston Oval, I watch football at Frankston Oval, uh, both during the day and at night. Uh, it does have excellent lights. The only thing I will say is that it also has another little bit of a problem. It's on a hill overlooking Port Phillip Bay, it's going, it, at night, it's going to be freezing cold. Um, yeah, I'm not... Uh, interesting choice. Interesting choice uh, to make the first fixture um, at Frankston. I mean, that's... I mean, oh, look... Oh, maybe fixture, and I'm always of the... I'm always of the belief that you know it depends on you know when the times are well not when the times but it's like for instance take if round one's going to be around the easter weekend you know you have your easter monday clashes as well as also your traditional first round clashes (laughs) sorry um i just think that you know you've got to 
you know, I mean, like, that's when you got to try and, you know, you got to find a way to try and keep traditions. I mean, I'm, I mean, like, uh, there's not very many traditions in sport nowadays. And I just think that, you know, if you have a tradition of, you know, whether it be AFL, AFLW, cricket or anything, you, you know, you sort of stick with that tradition in some ways. Uh, We're going to talk W League a little bit later, by the way. We are going to talk W League. Well, it's actually not W League. It's actually A League Women's. A League Women's. So we will get there. We will get to that. We've got that coming up in football news. So we will mention that uh, from Stefan. But interesting start to AFLW for sure next season. Still only 10 rounds. Around the usual time. It's it's not going to be, despite the requests for it to be a, a... a full season. It's still only 10 rounds. It's one, it's 10 rounds. It's one ladder and a final. Of course, the following year, that's when all 18 teams come in. So, you know, but, maybe, when, maybe we'll... but when is it going to start? I'm not a hundred percent sure of the exact date. I'd have to go back and check that. Okay. Um, because I'm just, because I'm just sort of thinking, you know, like what they could have done was, and this is just me was, how many teams have they got in the season? How many teams have they got in the AFLW? 14 or 16? Uh, I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, they go to 18 next year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, because Hawthorne and four other teams. Because what I was going to say was, if you have, I mean, Hawthorne and three other teams, I think. So, what you could do is, this is what I was thinking. You have 14 games. You play them in the first 14 rounds of the season. You have a, you have, you then play the finals. The same week with the AFL men's. I mean, not the same week as the AFL men's, but 15, 16, 17. Then you have a week off for the men in between 17 and 18 if you wanted to. And then you play the W League grand final, the AFLW grand final that week. And then well, you can, yeah, the season. But I can confirm they're starting on the 7th of January. That early? And they're starting at Sky. Frank's to Noble, but. Well, well 10 games. Yeah. Well, 10 games actually does make sense as to why they would be starting it that early then because, I mean, playing AFL in that heat, I mean, obviously obviously, they, obviously the AFLW, they would have done that there before. But January, uh, start of January, that's when it's really, really peaking hot. So, I mean, I can sort of understand as to why they made it 10 games and I just hope that if they do extend it to more games that they actually sort of maybe move it to the winter because... Yeah, well, actually you know, a lot of people said that. A lot of people said that off the back of the fixtures, but they need to consider that when they get to 18 teams next year. They're not there next. They're not there this season coming. Do they have the conference system? Please no, they don't have conference system this year. It's just a straight ladder. So That's good. We'll see how we go. Um, but they're starting it, as I say, Frankston Oval, what they Frankston Oval call now, has been renamed Skybus Stadium. Um it's not really a stadium. It's 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 an oval, a lovely place. Don't get me wrong. Frank Snowball's a lovely place. It's a lovely place to watch football. It's not a lovely place to watch football if it's pouring with rain and winds howling in off the off Port Phillip Bay. Uh, it can be quite unpleasant. Oh. Uh, and considering Melbourne, there's a fair reasonable chance that at night the wind will be whirling in off Port Phillip Bay. So interesting. Um. The AFL fixtures came out as well. They're going to have a huge, big uh, festival of football over eight days in Melbourne as part of the fixture. Why? 
can I just sort of say this? Why, why, why kick it off on a Wednesday? Yeah, well, I agree with you. That is an odd, an odd decision. Why kick it? I mean, at least with Carlton Richmond, it's on a Thursday. But why for the life of me do you kick off the AFL season with the grand final rematch? Oh, look, that there, that there is even my first. Look, that there is even my first gripe. Why kick it off on a Wednesday, the grand final rematch? That's a, that is a Friday night blockbuster or a yeah, Saturday well, I, night I, I would have liked to have seen them. I would have liked to actually have seen them. See, in the past, that used to be tradition. The grand final rematch used to be the the first game of the following season, yeah, and they used to try true. to they used to try to when it was VFL and UFL, they would try to see if they could fixture that separately on a Friday night, away from the rest of the the rest of the fixtures. Um, it's interesting that they've done that, and it's a Wednesday night. Look, there's a look strong possibility. Again, this all assumes one thing. This all assumes that. Everything's okay from a COVID from a COVID point of view. So here's here's interesting. This is it will be interesting if that game go that game on a Wednesday night. I think you'll probably find Western Bulldogs and Melbourne fans will pack it out because they didn't get the chance, particularly those in Melbourne didn't get the chance to see the grand final. So they will pack it out. But Wednesday night is an odd, is an odd, very odd. Uh, I'd have Monday night football, honestly, than bloody a Wednesday night one because I mean, yeah, that's just me. And that's every game in Melbourne, every game in Melbourne, first up is a bit of an odd move. But hey, look, that's the AFL. That's what they want to do. So we'll see how it all plays out. But anyway, uh, we'll leave that one alone. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to it. Um, but there you go. Uh, BBL, mm. uh, BBL starts tonight. Your sixes are first up. Uh, Scorchers, I think, have the heat as well uh, coming up. Um, yeah, so we get we we yes. we'll get underway. Yes, yes, yes. My beloved Sydney, my, my beloved Sydney Sixers. I mean, to be honest, I'll say this to you now. If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for the, for this for this show, or if it wasn't for the BBL starting tonight, because I've been feeling a, because I've had a bit of a headache, I probably would have just laid in bed and probably just fallen off to sleep. But but this but this show's um, got me going as well as also with the fact that I want to watch the BBL, I want to watch my beloved Sixes, I want to I like. <sighs> Yeah, like I did, I am just super excited to watch it there. I want to see my, I want to see my boy Josh Phillippe go ballistic. You know, I mean, he he had a great season. He, he's he's had a great career at the Sixers, to be honest. You know, I mean, um, he's he's my favorite, my favorite player. Yeah, James Vince, James Vince is back. Um, we just signed Chris Jordan, um, as well. So I mean, you know, the Sixers are. I mean, look, I'm not going to be tooting our horns, you know, because, like, you know you know me, mate, I'm one of those people that always likes to dial everything down, tone everything down and wait until we get into the nitty-gritty part of the season. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I just can't wait for it. And against the Melbourne yeah. Stars, I mean, the, the one thing that what I hope for is that the rain goes away. Well, it's a shorter – there's there's less fixtures over, over a similar – is it less fixtures over a similar period of time or something like that? I'm not sure what it is. I think they play. I think they play the same amount of games over a shorter period of time. Yeah, same amount of games over a shorter period of time, and they should do. 
be honest, they should be playing. They do that in the IPL. You know, they should they do that in the IPL. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they should be doing. They should be playing fixtures over a short period of time. Uh, you know, people have said that for a long time now. That, that the IPL, you're playing more games in you're playing more games um over a shorter period of time. I think I mean like I think in the IPL you play like I think there's a game on every day. I mean, or at least not. I mean, like there's a game on at least every day until the final. Or 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 if they don't have a game every day, they have at least a game where there's where they double up, where there's a double yeah. header, or yeah. there's that a should be or something. That should be yeah, that should be happening. We should be getting the BBL season done and dusted so that you know so that it's it, you, you can get back to you can get back to the rest of the domestic season and, and hopefully still have them. You know, have it at a time when it's interesting. But anyway, um, so that gets in a way. Obviously, on Wednesday, the other thing In the is grand like, final. Uh, and in the grand final rematch between the Sixers and the, uh, and the Stars. If I'm – that was – yes. Or was, that, or was it the Scorchers that we, we played last year? Mate. Oh, that's right, because the year before it was the Sixers and the Stars. That's right. That's right. See, That's we right. don't even remember who's. We often don't even remember who's. No, well, no, no, well, no. Well, when you've won two in a row, I mean, you sort of kind of forget. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, that's a, no. That was that was that was a smart ass. That was a smart ass. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Sixers have done well the last couple of years. Um, honestly, to be honest, to be honest, the 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 thing with me is that. Even though we've won the competition the past two years, I always actually thought that the Sixers, that there were stronger teams than the Sixers, and yet the Sixers were, I thought, a well-rounded squad. <laughs> An Aussie darling at down, just seen a pig, pig fly by. Oh, Thanks for that comment, Stefan. Thanks for oh, that comment. Stefan. Oh, man. I am, I am honestly one of – I am – well then, Stefan, mate. Then you better look outside and you better see blooming pigs flying and whatnot because I'm dialing it down. I'm I'm playing it cool with the Sixers, you know. I'm playing everything well, down, you know. The other thing that's starting new season. The other thing that's starting on Wednesday. I won't talk about. I refuse Stefan, to talk mate. about some of this, but I will. Yeah, the Ashes is starting. Um, the Ashes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, to be brutally honest. That's been underwhelming, to be quite frank. I think probably because of everything else that's gone on in and around it. Um, that's been dreadfully underwhelming. Good yeah. luck to Alex Carey. Wish him all the very best. Um, I'm not sure, as I say, I'll, I'll, my, my view on Alex is, remains out. I think he may well end up being one of being a, a short stint keeper for the Australian team. Um because I think he may get found out at test level. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see how he goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Ashes. I mean, um, starting um, Wednesday, uh, starting Wednesday, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, um, I think it's going to be a very good series, um, but I do think that the bowlers will definitely want to – Will definitely will want to redeem themselves after the way they lost to the Gabba. Um, you know that that was a that was a thing that what we always used to call we used to call it Fortress Gabba. And now that our bowlers sort of got rid of that fortress name, then we got to um, um, you know they got to you know redeem themselves. 
I agree with what Stefan just said there. You know, I mean, the Ashes will be interesting. I've said this countless times again. I'm saying it again. If England, don't be surprised if England win the Ashes. I mean, you know, they have Ben Stokes um, in that in that team there, who I think will provide support with Joe Root, throwing their da- um, Darwin Milan in at three, and then you then throw in Johnny Bairstow in at in at six, and potentially, you know, you could, whether or not you throw in say. Joss Butler or, you know, I mean, you could, you know, I mean, or unless Johnny Bairstow wants to wiki keep and you could throw in um, a Dan Butler. Um, I mean, I mean, or sorry, not a Dan Butler, a Joss Butler. I mean, um, but but unless you want um, uh, Johnny Bairstow to wiki keep, sorry, and then you throw in a Dan Lawrence, um, you know, it's up to that there. But yeah, it's going to be, it, it is going to be really interesting to actually just sort of see because all the teams are really, I mean, like a lot of people, you might not know this, but England and Australia, are, I think, are even. I think are even. I actually think, to be honest, whoever, whichever team gets off to the best start with the bat, because their bowling sides are pretty equal, and their middle orders are sort of very equal and similar, depending on who we pick at five. It might come down to the openers on who you gets the right. team off to the best start this you year. You could be right. You could be right. But we'll see what happens. It'll, it'll all unveil itself Wednesday morning. Uh, and also could come down and also could come down to mind um, you, mind you, experience it, the it, it, it may it may all unveil itself Wednesday morning and again it may all unveil itself under a cloud of rain. Um, oh, that's true. Uh, which could be interesting. Um, hey. Yes. That could be very interesting but anyway uh, we, but, we digress also, and I'll talk about my but, but also, which say about yeah, the other matter. But also, but also, I'll just add in just quickly before we just move on. Um, as I said there, it could come down to the openers, but it also could just come down to the captaincy, you know, with, um, you know, with, you know, an experienced captain in Joe Roo, an inexperienced captain in Pat Cummins. So, uh, you know, but could I think right. that it's and also going, but I, I think also a, it'll uh, be the openers. I'll have a bit to say in my rant uh, about the other matter to do with the last test match. But um, it won't be in its it won't be it won't be aimed at its usual people because we found out this week yeah. the reason why <laughs> and quite frankly it's pathetic. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but I just think you know looking at the sides on paper, I think whoever gets off to the good start with the bat, being the openers, that'll be that'll decide it. Maybe even you could well be right, Karen. You could well be right. So we'll see how it all plays out. Now uh, talking uh, tennis. Uh, Peng Shui. Um, Wasn't there a second phone call that they had? Yeah, look, she's she she is she is has appeared, um, but obviously the WTA are not convinced that she's not under duress. <laughs> they have withdrawn their tournaments from China next year, which I think they had to do. I think they had to do that after they stuck their neck out. They had to do it. I think they've done the right thing in doing it. Um, yeah. I think they've done the right thing in doing it. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I'm not convinced that she's, she, while she's clearly alive and clearly uh, wherever, I'm, 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 I hate to say it, I'm, I'm not convinced that she's, she's not under duress. I don't think the Chinese government have explained that away terribly well. Um, but we'll see what happens. 
obviously, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying this here now. Obviously, I kind of also feel a tiny bit sorry for the event planners in the whole um, with the you know that because oh, look, this yeah, I understand where you're coming from and saying you feel a bit sorry. For the I do get for the that. event planners, because, the event you know, and yeah, because I mean, like they're not the ones that are they're not the ones that did all this here and the reason why they're pulled, why the WTA are pulling out of it. No, no, no. The event planners, what they do is they plan the event. They also have to make sure cows in accommodations and everything are right for the, for the athletes. And, you know, like I, those are the people who I feel sorry for, as well as also the athlete um, as well. You know I mean? With everything that's gone, I'm staying out of it with the comments. I'm just saying that with, the, with them looking at this here with the WTA um, pulling out from China, I just kind of just feel sorry for the event planners because these here because they would have because because this is their life's work and you know they would have they would have already have had most of this stuff here under you know um, planned already or getting ready for it. So yeah, that's that's all that I'm just sort of saying. So, but we need to remember too that it is a communist country. Uh, most of those event planners that you're referring to um, would be government officials. Like, yeah. so at the end of the day, there are there are some slightly uh, the IC uh, interesting point. The ICC uh, are the quiet diplomats on the situation as well with the winner, the winner games in a couple of months. I think this is on the agenda. The I know the ICC are, yes. are the IOC, trying, the IOC are in the background trying to have. <laughs> Are having conversations around this, um, mm. and I know the ICC. I know other other nations as well are doing some stuff in relation to the other little bit of a problem child at the moment, which is Afghanistan. Um, so that's interesting. You know, that I think sport has a role to play. Sport does have a role to play mm. in, in putting pressure on. Uh, sport does have the power of empowering and lifting up individuals and 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 communities. Uh, and it does have a role to play. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Oh, it all plays I'm out. May, oh, man, I mean, part of me just sort of thinks if this was in Australia and they took a and they took a um, a tournament away from Australia, and if you were the event planner for that 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 happened in Australia, and they and they you were the event planner, and if this happened in Australia, if I was the event, if you were the event planner, you'd be knocking on the door and you'd be blasting your head off at the at the at whoever was the reason that. It oh, got look, taken yeah, off absolutely. Here. But of course, in Australia, they can do that. They can do that without the fear of being uh, locked up and stuck in an internment camp. They can't do that in China, and that's the problem. Uh, ultimately, end of the day. But that's not the only country where this is occurring either. Trust me, we've got a World Cup coming up in Qatar next year in the in that part of the world. Um, I'm expecting expecting FIFA to have to, you know, they're going to have some pressure put on them. There's going to be players that are going to go over there and they're going to have a bit to say about certain areas of, of that, and rightfully so. As I keep saying, mm-hmm. sporting organisations can't continue to have policies around inclusion, equity, diversity, all this stuff. And, and just be all then, talk. And then go and go and have tournaments and things in these countries and then be one wonder why they get backlash. But anyway, that's that's another topic and it's another discussion. 
that is something that we, we, we will discuss. But in other news on the tennis front, Davis Cup final will go ahead. It's between Russia and Croatia. Serbia got knocked out. Novak Djokovic got beaten. Uh, so the Russians go through. Not that many people are going to pay much attention to it, to be brutally frank. Um, the Davis Cup's lost its, lost its appeal, but anyway. Uh, and, of course, Novak's father's come out and said that he probably won't be Australian Open. Uh, it's funny, you know. It, it is funny. When he said that, there wasn't exactly... No one was exactly running with disappointment at the thought of it. Um, so it's interesting, isn't it, really, that how they react to Novak as opposed to how they react if it's better or on the bar. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I've probably said this hundreds of times on the show before, but I mean, I'm 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 not going to want to be a broken record. I mean, I'm I got a, I got a bit of a headache, so it's like I'm just going to be like, yeah, I could not I could not keep going like I could not keep going on about this. I could, yeah. you know, it's like to be honest, until we hear from until we hear from the Joker himself that he is pulling himself out. It is all just speculation. So well, it's it. like I'm not just, I'm it, not going to comment. Um, that it's all is just it. speculation. He needs to make. You know, his, uh, he needs to declare his hand, and if he's not prepared to declare his hand, well, um, I think we need to move on. And Stefan's right. The media keep giving the guy oxygen. Um, they keep discussing this with him. Um, this is why. What World Tennis should just do, or the Australian Open can just do, is just basically just say, "Look, we're going to give you a deadline. You have until this day, and that should have been weeks ago, to say if you come into the Australian Open or not. And if you are coming, you got to be vaccinated." Yeah, and, and it, can be, whatever, it should whatever. be a private matter between him and the him and the organisers yeah. of, of the event. He should yeah, not. not to, I don't believe anything. Need. I, look, whatever I. In the, it should be a private matter between him and the organisers. Yeah. Once he's declared his hand, then the organisers can say, well, Novak's met all the... What the organisers then come out and say is that uh, Novak Djokovic no, no, has no. the requirements that we expect of him, and that should be the end of the matter. We move on. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately the sports mass media, and I'm going to talk about that a bit later, the sports mass media, like the rest of the media... Have got a habit of wanting to blow things out of proportion. I think they need to. I think they need to calm the farm a little bit. Um, Keep it short, yeah, sweet, I, and simple. Yeah. It'll all be behind the closed doors, and then if then if he doesn't um, come because he doesn't meet the requirements, just say that then. But yeah, but I think what they should have just done is they should have should have given him a deadline, and you know, if, you know, behind closed doors, given him a deadline, and you know, if it, it comes one minute past that deadline, you say no, you're not in the Australian Open, and say he didn't meet the requirements because That's he didn't right. meet the deadline. And I think, I think, he's Stefan is right. Stop giving the guy oxygen. Stop having discussions around it. Move on. Anyway, um, there are many more good players to focus on. And that's true. Anyway, football news. Uh, before we get to a-League and W-League. Uh, congratulations. A-League Women's. A-League Women's, sorry. Um, A-League Women's. Uh, before we get there, uh, congratulations to Lionel Messi on winning the Ballon d'Or again. Oh, that, that, that was constant. I mean, when I found that out, I mean, the amount of, on Twitter, on Facebook, I mean, it just blew up. People were saying, yes, he was rightfully deserving. Others saying it was 
he like like there were other more better candidates it was just like it was one of those things there where this is the great old debate yeah i mean but it was one of the to be honest it was one of those things there where if he won it there was going to be mass uproar if he or not mass uproar but fans divided and if he didn't win it there were going to be there where fans would be divided so it's like but i was just like when i when i saw the comments i was just like going wow like so many people there saying yes he deserved it others saying no others were saying other players others were saying yes he did i was just like going holy moly we're going to congratulate him that's the thing you do we're going to congratulate him that's the thing you do and congratulations Congratulations. on winning it on winning it yet again and it's Um, seven 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 of them so you know that that's that's a pretty significant achievement in itself cristiano ronaldo i think hasn't ronaldo won four or five and hasn't the who was he? Wasn't Maradona the other one that's won Maradona like three won, or four? He won three or four. So this guy's supplanted both of them, Will and Trilly. So you know, good on him. Congratulations to him. Um, and well done. Um, Congratulations. The issue around the England, uh, the England soccer match, the England. Oh, that's Sam Kerr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, good she on. The, didn't she? Didn't she win the female Ballon d'Or? I didn't think she did. Or did she come runner-up? I think she came runner-up. Who won the female I, I, I would have to check that. I'll go to... I thought it was Sam Kerr. That's why I said Sam Kerr. Hold on. Alexia Puntelias. Oh, that's the, good, uh, yes. On the female Ballon d'Or. Yes, that's right. But, but didn't Sam Kerr win something? Because I heard that she was that, that she won something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on that. Uh, what's in the news? I'll check in the knee. Oh well, I mean, oh well, I mean, I, I could have been wrong. There's nothing in my in my news feed at the moment around that. Oh well, I could have been wrong. I could have been wrong because I. Because I think I she was. I, heard, I think she was in the mix. I think she was in the mix. Uh, she didn't come. Oh well, she, she didn't come up, but. Anyway, in other news, the um, the England managers' debate's been football managers' debate's been decided. Gareth Southgate's extended his contract for another two more years, so that's done. Uh, no more discussions around uh, around um, around that uh, needs needs to take place. Um, in other news, uh, this is not good. Um, last this year's Euro twenty twenty final. Nearly um, could have nearly ended up as another Hillsborough disaster, on the equivalent of a Hills of what happened at Hillsborough all those years ago. Um, uh, officials did not manage third drag- place. Huh? That's who Sam. Kerr. Third place, Sam Kerr. Yes, third yeah, place. Okay. That's who. 
Um, so, anyway, Euro 2020, um, it could have ended up as another Hillsborough disaster. Um, security did not manage fans at Wembley terribly well, and there could have been a crush only through a last minute, a last minute uh, catch was a, a catastrophic event averted. So there's a bit of there's a bit of discussion around around this. And uh, there's more to play out on it, for sure and certain. Wait, so, wait, sorry, so what happened? Sorry, I was looking um, at the Ballon d'Or thing. They, they allowed... What I gather is the crowds were allowed in where they shouldn't have been, uh, to enter where they shouldn't have been during the... in the lead-up to the final. And this, this could have caused a stampede and a crush within, the, um, within Wembley on that day. And they said that it would have been the if it had happened, had not an official averted it, um, it could have ended up being as bad as what happened in Hillsborough all those years but ago. The, yeah, but the officials, but the officials, um, as you said, they averted it. So one official, you got one to, official. Well, yeah, well, one official averted. It so, yeah, so yeah, so we saw it happening. So I mean, it was averted, but yeah, but the, the yeah, I mean, but it just, but it just makes, but it just makes you wonder. It just makes you wonder that if he, you know, had he went down and tied his shoelaces and his phone rang and he went the other way, what could have happened? It makes you wonder. Yes, what could have happened? So that that they've got some work to do around that, and um, there's there's some just there's going to be there's been some recommendations out of this report, and there will be some there will be some changes around that. Um, Stadium looking at man, I tell you, stadium security. Looking at A League and A League women's, uh, it's almost a process safety failure. That is exactly what it was, Stefan. Uh, a process safety failure, almost, almost, almost. It wasn't far away from it. <laughs> they saved it at the dying minute, but it was almost that. Um, and you know, for those that remember what Hillsborough was like. Um, yes. And what happened at Hillsborough, which was I utterly, put tragic, that. utterly tragic. This would have been, you know, to think that this would have happened, could happen again in the modern modern day um, is extraordinary. So, you know, um, hopefully they'll, they'll sort this out and, we'll, and it will not occur in the future. Um, looking at A-League and looking at A-League W or A-League women's, Perth Glory had a good win last night in the A-League Women's. They came from behind to win 2-1. Uh, fantastic result for them. Uh, some other good results around A-League and uh, A-League Women's. What, are you, what have you seen, so Have you managed to catch any of it? Well, to be honest, I mean, I actually kind of wish that they would actually, with the A-League, actually find a way... I mean, <laughs> on the street, I mean, on Paramount, I mean, they put it up when the next games are, but they put it up on the, like, there needs to be, but they, but they have it on the, uh, I'm just like, it's one of those things there to which kind of needs a little bit more tinkering, I think. Um, and also, yeah, there's been stuff that's going on there with Paramount and, and on it there. Mind you, the app is very good. It's actually very high quality. The football, I mean, I watched, I think, Perth Glory. We um, Not the recent one, but the one that we played. I think uh, it was a mid... Uh, what was, I think it was against... We were in Melbourne at the time. We were playing 
um, one of the teams in, you know, the, the quality was actually good. You know, Paramount was streaming it very, was streaming it very good. So, yeah, but I mean, that's just, that's just the one. I mean, I kind of would like to actually know when the, I kind of would like it on the app where they actually show you the fixtures so you can actually watch ahead. So you can actually so plan ahead. Is it, do you think it's going to be successful or do you think this move to Paramount's not going to be as successful? As I think it's successful. I think it's very successful. I think when you act, I think when you actually look at it like this here, I think, um, I think it is very successful. I just think that uh, it needs a little bit more tinkering with it, which I mean, uh, it's live sport. I mean, you know, I mean, I think based on internet connections, um, you know, qualities could you know, come down a little bit. I mean, up and down, that's just based on the user. But I just think um, what they kind of just need to do is, and I think that they're starting to do that there is um, leading up to the weeks. So, I mean, come around Thursday, Friday, when or Wednesday, Thursday, they have they tell you the, that it comes A-League. Then it then says the Friday game, which is after, but then after that game, the very next day, it then shows you what, the, after that game's played so on Saturday, says the game is at this time. But I think they just kind of. I think what they should also do is have the full fixture on the app, uh, which which like they might, but I can't seem to find it. So, but in other things too, congratulations to the Phoenix women, their first game in the uh, A League W, and they had a win, so they mm. had a great start their campaign, which is fantastic um, as well. So it's great, great to see them get a win. Yeah. All- um, I like, you know, I like A-League, I, I like A League W, and I recommend that people should get down and watch it. It's, yeah, it's really good. There's some really good football. Um, interesting. The US women's national team came here, played the Matildas. I think made it very clear who is still one of the best teams of the world in doing it. Uh, I think what it did show, looking at the match, there was a draw in one, and we obviously got beaten. I think in one of the others, we didn't beat them. I think what it does show is that whilst we are, like you say, whilst we are closer, we've got we've still got some way to go. And uh, you are right. If they fall again, uh, how long do we? How long before we start saying this so-called golden generation? Um, and the fact that we are so close. I mean, the reason, I mean, look, people could just sort of say, oh, but, you know, it, but the men, we didn't say this year against the men and with the men's golden generation. But the difference between us and the men was the fact that, yes, we got to the World Cup. Yes, it was our golden generation, but we weren't in the position where we could actually try and win World Cups, win massive major big awards during our golden Whereas the Matildas are. And I'm just sort of looking at it like this here. Genderless, I'm looking at this from a, pure sports perspective if you were to look at this team and to sort of say okay then this is the gold this is their golden gen this is their golden period and if they don't win any silverware would you still call this a success like for instance take the lance franklin thing with the sydney swans if the sydney swans do not win a flag under with lance franklin do you call that a success or do you call that a failure a success off the field yes oh yeah of course so the success on the field would you call that a success on the but field or a failure? You go back, you look at, you, you, you cite that, and the success off the field of the Lockett period at Sydney was the same thing. It was a success yeah. off the field. It wasn't a success the Lockett, off the field. They did make a grand, yes, they did make a grand final with, with Tony there, but they didn't win it. 
So, you know, so you can you could say the same thing about that. I think with the women, that's the thing we've got to remember here. The Matildas are actually in a position where they could win a World Cup. All due respect to the Socceroos, the Socceroos are not really in a position where they I'll could this, I'll say this to you now. I'll say this to you now. If, if, the, if In our lifetime, if there's any team that is close to winning in, our, in both our lifetimes, a, a Soccer World Cup, It'd be the it'd be the women over the, it'd be the women the women are more closer than the yes. men in our life. The other thing we've got to remember is currently the men have what yes people say oh but the men have won a silverware they won an Asian Cup but they won it where at home on home soil yes when everything was probably going for them and in the final they got lucky they got lucky you go and look at that final that they played all that time ago in the Asian Cup final they got lucky in that final. It could have gone the other way, and it probably and their opponent in that final yeah. was probably the better team. So, and this is also where, and this is where the Matildas have to sort of. Uh, I'm not going to say get lucky, but they're going to have to do kind of what the to. soccer. They kind of have to do what the Socceroos did in the Asian Cup in the fact that yes, it was the home soil. Well, that's right, Kieran. Um, Stefan's right. Both chances, both New Zealand and Australia, have to do well here. They're both in contention. They've both got a chance. And they have to get this right because, you know, this is an historic moment and um, it would be, it wouldn't be good if the Australian, the Matildas, or even, well, the All Whites, the Matildas, went, got bundled out in the group fucks. Didn't make it. It would, be, it would be like in the Women's World Cup final last year in the cricket, Women's World Cup final last year. It would be like if, the Australian women's got knocked out of the group stage before even making it. And you go back, and I, and I make this point, you go back to the 92 World Cup here in Australia. The Australian men's cricket team, who were the world champions at the time they won the previous World Cup, didn't make the, didn't make the finals. Didn't really change the outcome. Crowd still turned up. Hmm. But it did have an impact. It did have an impact. And that's the thing you've got to remember. So I'm not. We're not trying to. Not trying to put pressure on the Matildas. But the point we're. But making, there is always. But there is always that added. There. Is, but there is always that added pressure of playing at home, wanting to win at home. There's just something more special at that thing. I mean, like with like how I said there with the Women's World Cup last year in cricket, had Australia got knocked out early, then the headlights would have been on would have been on that Australian cricket team whereas yes. because we've won it whereas because we've won it it's a historic day and you know changing history I mean I'm like 80,000 at the at that ground there at the MCG or it was just like enormous so it's like you look in so you got to look at it at the fact that yes if you are playing at home there is that added pressure and you're going to get scrutinized more yeah and New Zealand made the 92 finals. They were the co-host on that occasion as they were last time. And they made the final in 92. And, and that huge crowd in New Zealand for that final. Um, Australia didn't uh, come forward. 2015 was a different story. But anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the world of, world of football over the next few weeks. We build up. We build up, obviously, to the biggest event. You start. Right. I know I probably, I mean, like, I know with my head, I mean, like, I, I, I know my headache, come on, I probably shouldn't be saying this or rambling on, but should we be raising alarm bells? 
No, um, we've still got another year. We've still got another year. It's 2023. So we'll see where we are. Um, you know, we'll see where we, I think we need to see where we are. And I, I would imagine if they get six months out, things are still they're still inconsistencies. Then the yeah, they might they might raise some alarm bells. But you've got to you've got to remember too with Gustafson, uh, who's coaching them, that he hasn't actually been in Australia prior to this this last two series that they just had against Brazil and the US. Um, he barely knew the team before the Olympics. Yeah. So you've got to give him a little bit of time. He does have the experience. He has been an assistant coach in the US system. He has helped them to World Cups. He has got experience. So we, yeah, we have to see. Okay. But they do have to rely on more than Sam Kerr. That's the point I will make. Um, they have to rely on more than Sam yeah, I think I, I think now when I think now with the way how the A League women's is sort of going, um, as well as also the way how, how America and now Europe is now sort of now getting in with uh, women's football, I think that those three there could be the three big competitions um, in the next. You know, um, for well, we've got some big name players. This is the thing in the A League women's, big name players from around the world are coming here to play. And they have been. So we've got to do. So we've just got to. I think now, you know, it's a matter of just a matter of because we because like like the 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 talent's there with the with the Matildas. The talent is there. It's just a matter of getting the pieces right and getting them all in form at the same time. Getting the pieces put in the 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 square pegs and the square holes, the round pegs and the round holes at the right time. Now I want to talk and about yep. it. All go well. It all go. I want to talk about this. The last thing, the Junior Hockey yep. World Cup men's is on at the moment. It's been on for the last little while in India. Uh, finals coming up. Germany's playing Argentina. Um, congratulations yep. to the US men's under twenty ones team. They they beat Egypt for the for the first time with a win at the Junior World Cup. And that Junior men's team, you got to remember that Junior men's team. Is not professional. Um, they don't play college hockey in, in the States. So that's a huge achievement for them. But the final is coming up. Germany versus Argentina in the final in India. Uh, France is playing India for third. Um, so France is emerging on the world world stage, junior world stage of hockey, um, which, is, which is good to see. Uh, the women's event has been cancelled due to COVID outbreak in South Africa. Yep. Well, it's been postponed. It hasn't been cancelled. Um, what will happen with that, I don't know. Um, what's going to go on with that is yet to be seen. Um, it'll be, yeah. It, yeah. So uh, hopefully the Canadian under-21s who are in South Africa, they actually were there for the World Cup, can get home safely uh, and soundly um, from that Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that they can, you know, get home there um, safely and soundly. But uh, I got to ask this, and this might just seem a little bit stupid, but you think hockey is at the stage where it's not like 
Would you still class hockey a professional sport by now, or would you class it a bit close um, to I'm going to be a bit careful what I say because uh, amateurish or whatnot? Because look, no disrespect to hockey and whatnot, but I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, when you compare it to other sports globally, in Europe, it just yes. does. It's, it seems like it's not. There. In Europe, yes. In Europe, yes. In Europe, yes. Um, you know, in Europe... Do they have a hockey league getting, over there? Yes, in Europe, they're getting 10,000 or more in stadiums, uh, 20, 30,000 in stadiums that are hot and warm. That's what they hold. They're getting capacities. So in Europe, yes. Uh, in a lot of the other parts of the world, no. <laughs> no, I have to say that. Um the, the, the sport has got a bit of has got some issues it's going to have to deal with it has to be prepared to deal with um, whether it is prepared to deal with them we'll see we'll see um, we'll see if it is um, but anyway um, yeah uh, so the men's World Cup will finish up as I say in the next day or two the women's well not really sure but then uh, where Do they need more tournaments? Does hockey need more tournaments? Like take how the take how the women's game, how you know the A League women's, US and well, now look, look, Europe. I, I, I want to. What I want to say is that you know here in Australia we had two years ago they launched before COVID they launched the hockey one league and they got it up and running. And for two years now, they've cancelled it. Cancelled it again this year. Um, Australia should have been at the Under-21 Men's World Cup. It should be. It should have been. It chose not. It's choosing not to send a team. It's choosing not to compete. New Zealand as well, by the way, are, are in this as well. They're, they're not choosing either. Uh under 21s is not the professional level, it's the it's the junior level. So we need to be careful about that. Um, it's choosing not to put a team in Pro League next year. Australia and New Zealand is choosing not to compete in the next round of the Pro League due to COVID. I think a lot of it's and, – and it's not that it can't. It's that it's just unwilling. They're unwilling to do what needs to be done in order to meet COVID protocols. That's what it boils down to. They're unwilling to do what needs to be done in order to meet the protocols required, and this is this is the, this is the issue. You know, they're not willing to do what needs to be done to 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 actually create the bubbles, to do all the things that need to be done, to put all the procedures in place that need to be done. As I've repeatedly said, there are there are instances, and I've, I've said this, there are bodies within Australian hockey, state bodies, that in order to get the sport back up and running in their state had to go to one of their local clubs to get the information on how to do it. Yeah. Okay. Then, but can I just ask this here just to sort of get it a little bit back on track there to the professional, I mean, to getting up there as yeah, stepping to their need to create it. Need, what you're about. To yeah, ask. I was just about to, I was just about to ask need to create a competition to set up, to bring it at all levels. Do you think, and this is a hypothetical question. Have, say, a, I don't know, Twiggy Forest, hypothetically, puts in all his money or a big company that, you know, someone who loves hockey, you know, like a, like a Mark Burris 
hypothetically or, you know, or whoever, starts their own competition. Starts their own oh, fucking been, competition. Could been, they do something like that? Do something like that help it? Look, I will say this. There have been several attempts in the past. Uh, and how do I know this? Because I had into my knowledge of one of them. Um, there have been several attempts in the past by names that remain, by prominent people that remain nameless. But mm-hmm. if you knew who they were, you, you wouldn't be surprised. To attempt okay. to set up uh, situations, to attempt to create leagues. Um, yep. Europe, of course, dominates the show, naturally. They have the professionalism in place. The rest of the world probably has to catch up. It's a difficult scenario. Um, is it right for that? Probably is. Will it ever happen? Hard to say. Um, the sport at international level is is probably more professional than it's ever been. The players have certainly been asked to do a professional workload um, in countries like Australia. They're certainly asked to undergo a professional workload, um, but they're not being they're not being paid properly. That's that's one thing. So funding is a bit of an issue. But I don't want to, we don't want to digress. So in your answer to your yeah. question, yeah, if if someone decided right now here in Australia or even here in Australia and New Zealand decided to fund a rebel competition, uh, so to speak, I think it could well come about. It could well come about. Um, one good bit of news that has to be all of And mind you... And mind you, even though I just, even though I was just pulling those names out of my backside, because I couldn't I honestly think of two other names that were like that could fund it. Well, when we're off air, the Kieran, I'll um, divulge to you. I'll divulge what I know. But I'm not going to divulge it. Please, just the people. Please. That, I'll, the people I you know. You send me an NDA. Uh, the people I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But it's he's a prominent New Zealander. Prominent New Zealander. Huh? Uh, you got to understand with the sport of hockey, and I think you need to understand is that there is a lot of there are a lot of people involved running the game of hockey around the world that aren't actually running the game for the betterment of the sport. They're running the game for the betterment of themselves. And, huh? and then you also can go into places like Pakistan. Where it's there's no interest, it's non-existent. Um, you know, India is not what it seems to be either. A lot of people talk about the situations in India, but there's there's a lot of issues in India too. So, you know, the sport is at a crossroads. It does have some serious decisions to make. Um, if it's is it is what I always say is it's not the institutions. I don't FIH, Hockey Australia, Hockey WA, whoever. I'm, I don't have a problem with them. The institution, the body. I think we need to consider who's running the show. That's that's what needs. Okay. Needs. Okay. To be. Point. But that's that's my view anyway. Moving on. So that brings us to the end of that part of the show. But before we get to Kieran's part, I want to talk about next week's show because this is very important. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be announcing the opening of 
that you've just got an answer from Stefan there. A lot of people are happy with the status quo. Uh, they are happy with the status quo. You know, indoor hockey, Kieran, indoor hockey is an example of that, just getting back to this quickly. Um, they play indoor hockey in Europe. Very, very big. They have crowds of 60,000, 70,000 in indoor arenas watching indoor hockey. It's a regular occurrence. So there you go. So the, the game is marketable. It is. So what, are we, huh? so what are we announcing? What are we announcing? Okay. So what we're announcing next week, the second grassroots sports awards. We're announcing that they will open. Nominations will be taken. There's going to be a new process around it. So next week's show, there'll be an announcement of the award categories, the process for nomination. There's going to be a new process for nomination. There's also going to be a new process for how many nominees go forward in each category. So that's being announced next week on the show. And as part of that, we're also announcing when the awards will take place. The awards are going to take place next year around the time of Big G Sports Global's second birthday. So we're... Please tell me we're not doing... Please... No, no, Please no. Please tell me we're not doing no, no, a, a no. few These days. These are later. The awards are later. And it's going to be annou- there's going to be announcements around what we're going to be doing. Because there's a few things I want... I'm not so much about the awards, but there will be future announcements around other... Please tell me uh, we're not doing those. Will be happening. No, no, no 24 hour broadcast and all that. Bit no, stuff. I mean, I was about to say a 48 hour broadcast. No, no, Please no, 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 none of that. Don't worry. None of that. Good. There's going to be, we're going to, we're going to celebrate a few things a bit more and try to look at how we can raise some money uh, for different, organi- different young, small organizations out there, et cetera. So that, the Grassroots Sports Awards announcement of the awards opening up for nominations will be next week's show. Anyway. Moving on to Kieran's segment of the show. Over to Kieran. Just quickly, also, just a quick shout out to um, Aline Aish, who passed away, um, former England female cricketer. Yes. Um, from 19, 1911 to 2021. I think she, um, if I'm looking at this year right, yes, 19, is because 1911 to 2021. So 110, passed away at 110. So just a, um, yeah, just thought I'd uh, just say that there, you know, I mean, um, like one of the oldest. Um, of all time and also you know of female cricket and um yeah so yeah that there is what i just sort of yeah. thought i should just say there um okay so anyway let's now get into sport and non-sport i'll put my sunnies on so all right mate so what are you looking forward to this week in sport and what are you looking forward to this week in a non-sport uh yeah from a sports point of view what am i looking forward to in sport um well surprisingly this is, i'm not it's not the Ashes I'm looking forward to, actually. Um, I'm not really looking for any of that side of it. Um, not 40, not 48.72, I have to dial it down, Kieran. Oh, good God, Stefan, Stefan. Oh, we'll do a 72-hour we'll we'll one. I'll do the first 24. You do the, you do the second 20. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do a 70. You know what? We'll do a whole week. We'll do it for the whole week. We, you know, we'll start on we'll start on Sunday, and then we'll end it at the end of next of, of the following Sunday. That's what we'll do. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 pass on that. Um, so, from a sports point of view, uh, what I am looking forward to is um, to to see um, what you know. What was I going to say? 
There is something I'm looking forward to. From a sports boy, I've just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Find that on Stefan. Geez, aren't you going to miss us next? Geez, aren't you going to miss this next year? <laughs> I'll still be around. I'll still be around. Farewell tour. It's coming. The farewell tour is coming to an end soon. Uh, yeah. Okay, you want me to say? You want me to say my sport? You know, first, you... I'm gonna have a bit of a think here. I've forgotten what I was. My train of thought. You go. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to um, obviously watching um, the Ashes. So, but I'm also looking forward to watching. Uh, the Sydney Sixers play tonight, the Big Bash, and I'm looking forward to seeing if my boy Josh Phillippe can go and, you know, score some runs and, you know, see if my beloved Sixers can maybe go on and, you know, try and see if they can win. But, you know, but then again, if we don't, it's early on in the season. So, yeah, but um, if we can get off to a decent start, you know, our players get a bit in form and, um, and whatnot, then hopefully we can. But, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to in sport. Well, I'm looking forward to a non-sport. Um, what's your sport? Because I got because I can't think of anything to love. What's your sport? Oh, what's your sport? What am I looking forward to in sport? Well, strangely enough, um, from a sports point of view, um, I honestly don't think okay. there's much for me this week. Um, uh, um, I'm uh, then. Well, I'll be looking forward to in the non-sporting perspective. Um, this is kind of a bit of a sport thing, but I just saw that the new Cricket Twenty Two game has come out, so I think I might see if I could take a quick look at that and see what's going on. I mean, although it is a, although you got to wait until January for it to come out on the Switch, but you know, I mean that, and also I might read a few books. I mean, I yeah, nothing really, nothing really for non-sport except for I'm looking forward to the Ashes and my beloved Sydney Sixers. Um, from a sports point of view, I guess I'm looking forward to uh, what we'll announce next week around the Grassroots Sports Awards and and all of that. Uh, I'm excited about the prospect of what they could look like next year. Uh, with a few changes there. I'm also hoping to have some conversations this week from a non-sport point of view around working with some uh, MPOs globally, forming some sort of a, a global partnership. So that will be a conversation I'm having with a couple of people this week. So from a non-sport point of view, I'm looking forward to some of that stuff. Uh, that's it, pretty much. Hello there, mate. You sure thing? Your doomsday and your Friday... Oh, not your Friday. Bloody hell. Your Sunday, love. Sure thing. Sure thing. A, a Ford or a Holden will win Bathurst today. Good God. Good God. Go on. I just... I just Go of, on. I just thought I had to say that. Uh, my doomsday. Uh, my doomsday is that um, England... Australia in the first test of the Ashes and go on and that will trigger um, that will trigger some doubts in a lot of people's minds around where Australia's at from a cricketing point I've of view. Good, I've got a good doomsday and Stefan and this is and just I think, Stefan. I think, uh, I, think, um, I think there will be it will also trigger a possibility that England could then go on and sweep sweep the series. So that's my doomsday. But my Friday love. Sunday love. 
My Sunday love oh, goes Friday. out to uh, the late, great, he passed this week, the late, great Percy Johnson. Percy Johnson yep. is, a, is an icon of West Australian football. He's a member of the West Australian Sporting Hall of Fame. He's a member of the West Australian Football Hall of Fame. He's worked in West Australian football media for many, many years. He's worked at football clubs. Claremont, he's worked at Claremont, he's at Swans, he's East Fremantle, he's been all over uh, giving back to the game, giving back to the grassroots. He just doesn't give back to the waffle, he gives back to grassroots. He's been an advocate for, and he's been the conscience of the West Australian Football Commission at times with some of the decisions they've been prepared, they've been making. He's influenced a number of great ruckmen that Nick Natanui, for example, he major influence on Nick Natanui's career. Um, he will be a sad loss and he passed away this week. So my, my love goes to the Johnson family uh, and, to, and we will miss you, Percy. Um, you were an I, you are, and you were, always will be an icon of uh, West Australian football. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Go on. You will. You are and you always will be an icon of West Australian football and we will miss you. Okay. That's... Uh, that, okay. Um, uh, then my sure thing, that if the rain goes... If, that if the rain goes away, it's going to... Tonight, it's going to be a bloody good game between the Sixers and the Stars. I mean... Uh, it's going to be a good game. Um, although if the rain stays, who knows what's going to happen. My doomsday is that if Ajaz Patel has taken nine wickets in the second innings, and when he takes the ninth wicket, Virat Kohli declares and he doesn't get his tenth. He gets the ni- He gets his ninth wicket on the first ball of the over, and there's five balls left in- to come. And Virat Kohli just says, "Not nah, we're declaring," so he doesn't get his twenty. That would be that would be the perfect doomsday. That was for you, Stefan. Or or another doomsday is that New Zealand absolutely get absolutely uh, pumped. And also, you kind of also said it there as well. I mean, um, if um, if Australia, um, I think, I think you know, I mean. Doomsday is if we don't get off to a very good start in the Ashes. I mean, we got to you know day one, session one. If we battle ball first, you know we've got to we've got to either score runs early in that first hour, or we've got to you know get early wickets in that first hour. And so the first hour um, is going to be crucial for us. Um, that's my doomsday and Sunday love. I've actually been thinking about this one for a while, but I actually can't think of a Sunday love. Honestly, I honestly can't. And this is the most embarrassing thing because it's my segment. My Sunday love. Ah, oh, what the hell? I'll go Josh Phillippe. Getting ready for getting ready for the Sixers tonight. I'll go. I'll go my boy Josh Phillippe. My Sunday love. I'll give it to him. All right, then, mate. You idiot. Your rant and your laugh of the week. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna alter the order a bit here. Uh, well, not exactly. Um, yeah, the um, the rant of the week. Um, I want to go first here because I want to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about the sports media, particularly the mass sports media. Um, we now the, the, 
the cat's been belled as to what's going on about the Perth Test match. <laughs> we all thought that the Perth Test match, the players were the ones that had the issue around, around quarantine procedures, et cetera, et cetera. As we've now found out, it's got nothing to do with the players. The players are more than happy. They would be happy for Perth Test to occur. They would be happy to follow procedures. They'd be happy to do everything they're asked to do. The ones that don't want to do everything they've been asked to do is, is, is the mass media, the hanger-oners and all the rest of them that come with it. They're the ones that don't want to do it. And that's what's potentially seeing the test match lost to West Australia. And I want to make this clear to the mass media is that, you know, you, have, you as, as, a, as a sports mass media, um, you know, pull your heads in. Pull your heads in. It's not just over this. It's over everything. You need to pull your heads in. Media in general needs to pull their heads in around COVID, but the sports mass media particularly needs to pull its head in. It needs to start thinking about the bigger picture. It needs to start thinking about the bigger issue. Uh, health and well-being of people comes first, not whether you can go and attend some uh, $150 a head function with 50 different wines and four different courses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, without wearing a mask or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I'm pretty sure that you could cover the test match from wherever you are. You don't need to be in Perth to do it. Um, and I want to I want to also include in this those running the game. It's ironic, isn't it, that now you have a problem with wanting to come to Perth for this test match, yet you held a BBL final here. We've had an AFL grand final here. Perth Wildcats are playing the first four weeks of the season here. Uh, we've had A-League games here, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's all been done while the border's been shut. It's all been done under COVID protocols. Uh. But for some reason, you don't want to do it. And, and, and the cat's been belled. It's got nothing to do with the players. The players are happy to be here. The players are happy to follow procedures. It's the hanger on us. It's all the rest of you. The people who don't, quite frankly, don't matter. Don't matter. Really don't okay. matter. You're the ones that have the problem. So I just want to say to the sports mass media, if West Australia, I just want to say to the West Australian public, if we lose this test match, we don't blame the Premier of West Australia. I'm going to blame the sports mass media, News Corp. Channel 9, Channel 7, all the hanger-oners that hang around this. I'm going to blame them. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put, put this firmly at the feet of those running the game. And I say to all whacker members out there, if, we don't, if this test match doesn't go ahead in Perth and we don't get other games, BBL, etc., I'd be going to the whacker and demanding your membership back. Because quite frankly, what are you paying for? What are you paying for? Nothing, pretty much. So, okay. yeah, that's that's my rant. My rant is that, you know, don't accuse the WA government and Mark McGowan of being the problem when it's clear what the real problem is here is that you guys don't want to do what you're supposed to do. 
Uh, just quickly, breaking news. Um, uh, Pat Cummins told media today Travis Head has won the race to batting to the number five batting spot while Mitchell Stark will play. Will play. Well, that was inevitable. That was inevitable. But anyway, that, that's my rant. Um, okay. my, the, my, the week, my end of the week, well, I hate to, I hate to do this to him, but uh, as much as I have a lot of respect for JL, standing on, t- on, on actually, standing on in, and, and praying that Mark McGowan lowers the border, yeah, like I say, it's not Mark McGowan's responsibility to make sure that they comply. It's his boss's responsibility to make sure that they comply with COVID protocols. So he needs to be in the ear of them, not in the ear of not, not doing what he's done. So, you know. What did JL do? Huh? I just, what did he do? He just came on and said, oh, please, please, Mark McGowan. Well, it's got nothing to do with Mark McGowan. Mark McGowan is not, is not, uh, is not the one at fault here, as I say. As it turns out, we now know what the problem is. So, uh, he, I, I hate to say to JL, I, you really didn't, it, you know, you really looked a bit foolish when you did that. Uh, you're not my, you're my fool of the week. You looked a bit foolish. Um, and and I guess my laugh of the week is it is it again? It probably all relates. Um, you know, Cricket Australia turning around and saying, oh, well, the reason you there's not going to be a test match in Perth is to do with the border restrictions. No, it's to do with the fact that you aren't prepared to do what's correct and put the procedures in place. And, and, and in fact, as we now know, and we've both said it on this program before, why are you doing your conversations now? The test match is due in January and you're having your conversations now. Where was the conversation 12 months ago when you knew this was likely, you knew this was going to happen, you didn't do it. And, well, I'm afraid you, you firmly get my laugh of the week because you're nothing but a joke. You're nothing but a joke. Okay. So, okay then. We on? Okay, yes. My, all right, my one. All right then. My... Oh, no, so I, thought that, I thought that you were still done. No, no, no. no. We've said okay. it before. On, I'm just saying, Kieran, we've said it before. On I the- know. I'm just, I'm just basically, I'm basically saying, have they stuck to the original schedule? Yeah. Um, yeah or like, like what they did all those years ago. This we, test match would have been been and done by weeks ago. Yeah, we, we, we said, just that. Been we said that. Today. And that's what makes it so laughable. That's what makes it laughable. So any, yeah. So anyway, so my, um, my idiot, my idiots of the week. Um, uh, yeah, there's plenty of sandpaper over oh. here. They'll be able to get it at Bunnings. Oh man, I mean, I tell you what, I mean, some of, I mean, like, I tell you what, some of the actually, actually, oh man, I actually got, a, I actually got a good laugh of the way. I mean, but where was I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. Where was my idiot? It was somewhere around here. Where was it? Um, oh man, I, I mean, I had it, I, I, I had, I had it on my phone. Um, No, but no, well, no. Well, anyway, anyway, my idiot of the oh, my idiot of the week is uh, how do I how do I say how do I say this without sounding a bit weird? How do I say this? This is actually going to be my idiot and my rant of the week because I kind of actually said it. I actually kind of said it earlier. Why the hell can't they have 
in the par or see here's the thing here to what I really don't like about Paramount Plus is when they're streaming the sport, when they're streaming the sport on it, is the fact that you find out on Facebook the fixtures and all of that, or you gotta go onto the website and and you get the draw. Why can't they have it on the app? Why can't they have it on the app where the fixtures are, or at least a different place there for the sport? Like that there is uh, like, it, like, like it drives, it's driving me a little bit insane because I mean, like I sometimes forget when it's on and when I'm, and when I'm watching it, I'm like, cause I, cause I went to Socceroos were playing. I was like, going, I was like, going, shit, the Socceroos are playing tonight. And it came up there. I'm like, going, oh shit, I forgot about that. And then when it then tells me what games, I'm like, oh shit. So yeah, so that, yeah, that there's my rant of the week. Idiot of the week. Well, I don't really have an idiot of the week, so I'm just going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say two laughs of the week. I'm going to say two laughs of the week, and actually, these are actually kind of funny. Um, uh, this one here is I'm I'm saying this laugh of the week is absolutely hilarious. A kid wanted an iPad for Christmas from his from his grandma, and. And she got any any rights. Thanks for the iPad, Grandma. And it's an eye patch. <laughs> and it's an eye patch. I just sent it to you. Yeah, I've seen and it. my second and my second laugh of the week. And this is actually a little bit of a this is actually a thing to which I hope happens. Um, it is a thing because, as you know, I am a huge Gordon Ramsay fan. I absolutely do love Gordon Ramsay. Uh, and whatnot, and it's why Gordon Ramsay should be the next James Bond, and this is, <laughs> and these and these are the reasons why. Way more intimidating than than any Bond. Kind of looks like Daniel Craig as is. Gets livid over lamb sauce. Imagine his reaction to actual crimes. He's British, so there's that. And this is my favourite one. Not only would he defeat any terrorists, he'd embarrass them and make them question their career choice. Whoever made that, I swear to God, has made made my made my week, made my day. That yeah, is the well, most the other, the other Friday, the, the other Sunday funny we forget about that one. That one's quite funny. I've, the one I sent you, the woman who, woman or the guy who, the farmer, yeah. <laughs> Brings up the police about his, about his farm being robbed, and the police say, "Well, look, we haven't got anyone to send around right at the moment." So then, then she goes, she, he goes out, rings them back up, and says, "I've just shot them." Next thing you know, there's everybody there, squat, squat, the whole bit, and the, yes. they arrest yes. the people. And the policeman turns around and says, "I thought you said you'd shot them." And the and the woman turns, yes. "I thought you said there was no one available." Yes, but yes, but that is my that is my laugh of the week. Um, yeah. My first laugh was the eye patch one, but also there there are also some cool videos, you know. I mean, of of the catch of the summer, the, what I think has already been dubbed as. But but yeah, but my but the one that takes the cake, I was I was pissing myself laughing when I when oh, I saw this for hours on it was the Gordon Ramsay one because I'm a huge Gordon Ramsay fan. I, I absolutely love him. I mean, if I got a chance to have a talk with Gordon Ramsay, I would absolutely. I would absolutely love to, but yeah, that there made me chuckle. The Gordon Ramsay for James Bond, and to be honest, if it happens, I will actually, I would actually watch. I would actually go to the film. I'll actually go to the to the premiere, and I would actually sit there and watch it uh, and whatnot. But the last stop, but the last stop point, absolutely got me 
hilarious. But yeah, but the second, the third and the last one gets livid over Lamb Sauce imagine his reaction to crime. And not only would he defeat um, any um, um, any bad people, he, he'd embarrass them and make them <laughs> question their career choice. Those two there just got me kissing myself laughing. So, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. Um, I said this, I, I say this and I say this every time. Uh, and I'm going to say it again, that we need to, you know, there's a lot going on around elite sport in this country. There's a lot happening. We've seen a lot happen. But we need to keep it in perspective. We need to remind ourselves that um, first world problems that, we, problems that we might be having are minor compared to problems that others in the world are having today. And we need to always remember that. Uh, we need to have a smile on our face um, as much as possible because, uh, you know, a smile costs nothing. Um, and we need to, we need to, and I, and I say this very, very clearly to the, and I said this before in the round, I say this to the media, you know, just, just calm down. Just calm down. Do things, uh, keep things in proportion, keep things in perspective um, going forward. Anyway, that brings us to the show. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you to everyone. Stay safe. What trying to do? Get yourselves back. Please go and get yourselves vaccinated. It's 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 vitally important you do. Um, and we'll catch you all again next week for the great sports debate. Peace out. Peace out, folks.